This is the New Song Church podcast. You're listening to a service from our church in Oklahoma City. Wherever you're at today, we hope this helps you to better know God and to practice the way of Jesus. Now here's the message. Morning, 11 o'clock service. Good to see you today. Glad that you're here with us. You doing well? Good. Would you help us welcome everybody that's watching online real quick? Let them know we're glad that they're here. Take good it away. morning. Whatever so you got. Good. Yeah, I was just going to talk about Love His because it's coming up on Friday, but yeah, excited about that, but more excited about what God is doing in our city and in our region. And I just want you to know like that moment that we just had in worship, that's not just a hype moment where we get all excited on Sunday and then go back to the real world, but that song's a cry of our hearts right now. And if that's not the cry of your heart right now, then you need to be a part of midweek prayer. And, and, and maybe you're like, well, I can't, like I, re- I would love to, but I work, I get it. Here's what I'm, I'm asking you to do. If you can't be here with us physically, they're on YouTube. Like we post them every week and I see the views and there's like 40 views, which doesn't line up with the number of people in this room. And so I'm asking you, like you can learn a lot about a church on Sunday, but you can learn more about a church if you're seeing what they're doing in their prayer room. And so I wanna encourage you to go go every week, like in your car, take 40 minutes and pray with us. Put those on as you drive around and intercede for our city. We are prophesying to our region that a move of God has begun. A move of God has begun. He will have his inheritance and we will partner with him in prayer so that he will have his inheritance. We want to see like a church on fire is great, right? But the purpose of a church on fire is for a city to be reborn. And that's what we're declaring over Edmund, that we want you here, God, and you come where you're wanted. We want you here. We are believing for a city reborn. There's a lot of people in our city that are sleeping. They are asleep, going through the motions. And God wants to, and I believe there's an awakening coming to this region. So be a part of midweek prayer however you can. In person, excellent. Watch it on YouTube if you can't be here with us. Deal? Yeah. yeah, okay, I'm going to see like a huge spike in the number of views next week, okay? <laughs> or I, I she will chase it. you down. No. She will okay. chase you down. I, there really is, though, this cultural shift, I believe, that God wants to do. Something that's been resonating with us is moving from this place of where is your God to who is this king of glory. Like where it moves from people going, oh, there's no such thing as a God, to going, who is this God that they serve? Like that's what we want to see happen. That God would show up in tangible, powerful Ways that cannot be denied. You on board for that? But that's not just a few of us getting fired up. That means all of us have to dig in and pursue this. So yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Amen. And How about that love his thing? Love his, yeah. That's on Friday. So it's coming up soon. We have like, I think 80, 70 something spots left. Tickets are $20. And I was asking myself last night, why do I want people to come to love his? And um, I want you to come to love his because this is just gonna be a night where his daughters get together and we just pour our love out on him and we leave 
more convinced of how much he loves us than ever before, like getting a fresh revelation of his love for us. This time of year, it's Valentine's and it's chocolates and roses and there's so much consumerism um, uh, like tied to love and we're just gonna like totally rebel against all of that and all we need is you, God. We're here for you. Your love is more than enough. We're after your heart and so why do I want you to come? Because I want you to seek his face with me. Um, so be here it's going to be awesome. Lindy Kofer from um, Circuit Riders has a message on spirit and truth. It's going to be powerful. We've got new song worship, a fun after party. Um, so be here and, and just come love on the Lord with me. Amen. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, get your tickets online. And uh, if you, it, it really is like the last moment. If you've been waiting to the last moment, it's the last moment. And I would encourage you to get them because if you don't, you're not going to get to go, okay? Because there's only so many seats in this place. And so uh, we need you to go ahead and get those tickets as soon as possible. All right? All right, get your Being Transformed journal out. If you got your Being Transformed journal, wave it at me. Let me see it. See all them journals. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Get ready to take some notes. Uh, if you have your Bible, go to Acts chapter 1. We're going to start there, but we're going to end up in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's where we're going to spend the majority of our time today. Get ready to take some notes. We are in a series called The School of the Spirit. And I got a lot to throw at you today. Lots of verses, lots of stuff. So just get ready. Your, your pen's going to be smoking by the time we're done today. So just get ready for it. Get ready to say amen a lot. Get ready to get excited. Because today we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. If you're taking notes, I'm calling this message the gift that keeps on giving. I want you to know today that there is a gift from God called the Holy Spirit. He is a gift. I'm going to show you that in the Bible. And with this gift, remember, he, the Holy Spirit is God. Because he is God, God is a giver. And so the gift of the Holy Spirit comes bearing gifts for all the believers to help us to fulfill the assignment God has called us to in this world. Look at this with me. This is Jesus talking in Acts chapter 1 verse 4. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Somebody say gift. Yes. Say it like you mean it. Gift, church. Yes. Gift of uh, my father has promised. This is a gift from the father, which you have heard me speaking about. So Jesus has been talking about this gift for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the, here's the gift, Holy Spirit. So, so Jesus tells us here that the Holy Spirit himself is a gift and he is a gift that comes bearing gifts. He wants to give gifts to you, like I said, to help you to fulfill this commission. It's a commission. That means it's a mission that we're to fulfill with someone else, with other believers, but also with the spirit of God to fulfill this mission, to, to transform this world into the image of God. Spiritual gifts are this. They, they, they empower us to love people, to bear God's image and to build God's kingdom. It's through these gifts that we can love people the way that they need to be loved. We can bear the image of God. And yes, God is love and we want to bear an image of love to the world. But more than that, we want to bear the image of the way Jesus lived when he walked this earth. Meaning that there's some miraculous stuff taking place in our life, through our life, that points people to the fact that God is real and he's up to something. And that help us to bring this, this world that's broken into the image of God on earth as it is in heaven. Acts 1 verse 4, go, or verse 8 goes on to say, but you will receive, Jesus is still talking here, you will receive power. Somebody say power. power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So we've got two verses here that speak to this gift of the Holy Spirit and the power that he wants to enable you to walk in. So, so get this, the Holy Spirit is an empowering gift from God to you. 
Tony Evans says this. He says, spiritual gifts are divinely bestowed abilities given to every believer in Jesus Christ in order to serve the church. God wants to give you these spiritual gifts to empower you and strengthen you for the assignment that God has ahead of you. Now, when we talk about spiritual gifts, really, uh, if you you go back to kind of the original writing and what was said, really, you could translate it as spiritual tools. These are tools from the Holy Spirit to help you in this job, in this assignment, because the assignment God has given us is this. We're a part of a remodeling project. That's what we're really here to do. You know, when, when God created this earth originally with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, everything was perfect. Everything was good. But sin entered the world and everything got messed up, including people. And so now there's a remodeling project that needs to take place. It starts in us and we need to be remodeled into the image of God, working out our salvation, what God has done inside in our spirit, working that out into all the other areas of our life. But there's also a remodeling project that needs to take place in this world where we make the darkness and the brokenness and the pain of this world look like heaven on earth as is in heaven, right? That's the call of God. And so in order to do that, understand we're going to need some tools in order to do that. Me and Sarah have been married this summer. We will have been married for 20 years. Yeah, right? I was 11. She was eight when we got married. 20 years. And in in the 20 years of our marriage, it was funny because right before we got married, and I didn't even really know this was God leading us to do this, but when we first got married, we just had this vision uh, and this idea of buying houses that we could fix up and then living in them for a few years, selling them, and then taking the profit from those houses and putting it into the next home. And we didn't know what we were doing, but this was just in us. So we never lived in an apartment. We bought this little rundown home. It was a little tiny home. It looked like Napoleon Dynamite's house, but we bought this house. And then we began this process of me, or I began this process of changing that, that house and making it bear Sarah's kingdom image in that home as it is in her head. Like that was the goal, okay? So I began to start working and, I, and we've done this over and over again throughout our, our life. And so I've done a lot of remodeling projects through the years. I've remodeled kitchens and, and bathrooms and I've, I've done so much of this stuff. And I'm always amazed every time I do it, at the end of a project, I'm amazed at how many tools it took in order to finish the job. Like it's at the end of the project where I have to put everything away. Cause see, as I'm, as I'm working on these different projects, like I'll, I'll need a tool. And so I'll go out to the garage because over the years I've accumulated a lot of tools. So when I need a tool, I'll, I'll face something in the remodeling project. I'll go draw on, on the tools that I have and bring them into the project that I need. And so at the end though, I'm always like, it takes me like all these trips to put everything back away because I've, I've needed so many tools to fulfill this time. Well, listen, in the same way, this, this call that God has placed on our life to remodel our life, to remodel the world around us, it's going to take a lot of tools. And, and you're going to need more than just a screwdriver and a hammer. Like you're going to need a lot of tools. And the good news is we have all the tools we could ever need. And we receive them by grace through faith in Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. See, when I need tools, something I run into from time to time is I'll need a tool and I don't have it. So when I don't have a tool, I have to go to Lowe's, I have to go to Home Depot. Sometimes I have to like rent it because I don't really want to buy it. I only need it for one thing. So I'll go rent like something to knock out some tile or something like that. I'll go rent that. But, but the good news for you and me is that we have all the tools necessary and we don't have to go buy them. We don't have to rent them or borrow them. We have them through the Holy Spirit and we receive them by grace through faith. See, Jesus has already purchased all the tools you could ever need. 
So you receive them by the Holy Spirit. You have like a Lowe's, a Home Depot's worth of tools ready to help you to fulfill any assignment God is calling you to fulfill. And all you have to do is go to the Lord and receive of these tools. God put it to me this way. Special spiritual gifts are spirit tools from God's divine, uh, God's divine toolbox given freely to spirit-filled believers to manifest God's power and help us accomplish every good work that God has laid out for us. It's all available by grace, through faith, in Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. You have everything you need. So Paul's talking about this in 1 Corinthians 12. I told, I told you to turn there. Let's look at this together. He says this in verse 8. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, concerning these spiritual tools, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And I want you to know this morning, church, I'm with Paul. Like, I don't want you to be ignorant. Ignorant doesn't mean that you're stupid. Ignorant means you just don't understand. I want you to understand how this works because I am more convinced than ever that if we're going to be the church God's called us to be, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. And we need these spiritual tools to be manifest through our life to the world around us. He says this, uh, spiritual gifts, that word spiritual is this word pneumaticos. It means, it means this, it means empowered by breath or wind. Maybe you've worked with a pneumatic tool before, like, like a, a nail gun is a pneumatic tool or a pneumatic hammer, a pneumatic, pneumatic drill. These are power tools that are powered by air. That's what makes them work. Now, so, so God says here, he says, or Paul's saying here, there's these spiritual gifts that are, that are empowered by the breath, the wind of God. They're, they're power tools and the power behind them is the wind of God in them. And let me just remind you that it's the wind of God, it's the breath of God. That, that breath is life-giving. It was the ruach of God. That Hebrew word ruach was the breath of God in the Old Testament that breathed into some dirt and it became man. It was the pneuma, the, the, the breath of God in the New Testament that breathed on the disciples on the day of Pentecost and the church was born and life came into this body of Christ that we're now a part of. The, the, the breath of God is the life of God and there's these spiritual tools that carry with them the life of God to empower us to build life into this world. We need these spiritual tools. What are they for? Look at this, verse seven. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Two things I want you to notice. First of all, it's for each one. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm an each, right? Are you an each? Look at the person beside you and say, you're an each. You're an each, I'm an each. Everyone's an each each. Everyone's an each each, all right? So this is for all of us. And what's it for? It's for, look at this, it's for the profit of, of all. Who is all? All is all, right? All is, is all of us in this room, is that all? That's all, but is that all? No. All is the people that went to Saturday night church too, right? And some of you need to go to Saturday night church, by the way, so that this room isn't as packed as it is. And, and, and it's all is the first service crew, but is that all? No. All is all. All is the people out there that are lost, that are away from God. It's for the believers so that we can go to the all, to those who are away from God, and we can bring them into the family of God so they can be a part of what God is doing. Charles Spurgeon says it like this. The spiritual gifts of the church are for the good of the rebels as well as for the building of those who are reconciled. It's for the profit of all. It's so that we, as, as the people of God, as the children of God, can go out and reach those who are away from God and bring them in to the family of God. And then he begins to list off these gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Notice it's the Holy Spirit that gives these. To another, the word of knowledge 
through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, nine gifts, but one and the same Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, works all these things, distributing to each, everybody say each, each, each one individually as he, the Spirit, wills. Okay, so here's what I want you to see. It, it's the Holy Spirit that has all these gifts. He possesses all these gifts. And so here's the genius of God. You can have all of the gifts because you can have the Holy Spirit. Since he possesses all the gifts and you can possess him, or, or let me say it like this, you can have a relationship with him in your life. You don't just have one or two gifts. You have access to all of the gifts. Like maybe you've heard somebody say before, well, I operate in the gift of, you know, fill in the blank. Like I operate in the, I operate in the gift of, of faith, or I operate in the gift of, of prophecy. Well, really what you have, you don't just have one gift or two gifts. You have all the gifts because what you have is the Holy Spirit. He is the gift, and because he's the gift that bears gifts, and you're with him, you have all the gifts. He's the gift that keeps on giving, so you can have all of the different gifts. Now, you may operate in one or two of them a little bit more than, than some because of the specific assignment that God has for your life. Like, think about a, a carpenter, a plumber, an electrician. They're all working with tools. But there are specific tools that they have for the, for the specific work that they do. Like a plumber is going to use specific tools for plumbing that an electrician may not use because it's specific to his assignment. And so for you, you may use specific gifts more frequently because of the assignment that God, God has for you. But that doesn't mean you don't have access to all the gifts. You can have any one of the gifts because you have the gift of the Holy Spirit and he's the gift that keeps on giving. My pastor, Pastor Lee Cummings, says it like this. If we think only certain people have certain gifts available to them, then we are mistaken. The truth is you will operate with the Holy Spirit in a particular gift or a couple of gifts from time to time according to God's will for a particular situation. However, every gift is available to every believer all the time because the Holy Spirit is not distributing inanimate objects. He distributes himself. So you cannot have the Holy Spirit apart from all the manifestations of the Spirit being present, just as I cannot have a conversation in person with you without being present. Because you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, you have all the gifts that the gift gives. You can have all of these different gifts. So let's talk about these different gifts. There's, there's nine gifts, and they're broken into three categories. So three categories, three Three gifts in each category. We're going to be raining threes. We're going Golden State Warriors. Make it rain threes today, okay? Three gifts, three different categories. Here's the categories. The discerning gifts, the declarative gifts, and the dynamic gifts. And I'm doing really good on time so far, but I'm out of breath. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the first group is the discerning gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit. All right, here's two right off the bat. The word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Now, on the surface, these, these sound almost like the same thing, kind of, don't they? But they're actually really different. See, think about it from a just natural perspective. What is knowledge? Well, knowledge is an, an accumulation of facts and ideas, and, and you gain knowledge through circumstances. You gain knowledge through, through your present and from your past, right? Wisdom has to do with the future, 
Wisdom has to do with what you do with the accumulation of facts that you have moving ahead. Okay, so let me, let me illustrate this for you, all right? Uh, here's knowledge. Say you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you see this cute little black animal with a white stripe down its back. <laughs> knowledge says it may look kind of cute, but that's a skunk. And that thing has the ability to excrete a pungent odor. And if that pungent odor gets on me, I'm going to stank, right? You tracking with me? That's knowledge. Wisdom says turn and run. Wisdom has to do with the future. Wisdom says, don't go pet it because if you go pet it, the stink is going to get on you and you're going to stank. You tracking with me? This is knowledge and wisdom in the natural. Now, but remember, we're talking about spiritual gifts. We're talking about something more than that. So, so a word of knowledge from the spirit has to do with having supernatural knowledge. It's having information and knowledge from the Holy Spirit that you, you attain and it's not through natural means. It's not learned. It's the Holy Spirit downloading into you the knowledge you need for a particular situation. I, I saw a great example of this this week. I was at this pastor's conference in New York, a prayer conference, and, and we were there. Sarah and I were there with, with David Terry and, and there was people that we knew there. There was another uh, set of pastors that we knew from another church that were there. And they have gone through some stuff in this past year. There was this whole thing that happened within their church where some, some, some of the leaders in their church actually like kind of rose up and, and basically they got kicked out of their own church that they were pastoring. And it was just, it was, it was demonic. Like it was really bad. Um, they have since started another church and, and God, is, his favor's been on them. They're doing so good. Uh, but it was a very hurtful situation for them to walk through. And so we're at this conference with them, and this guy gets up from New Jersey. This pastor gets up, and he shares this message. It's so good. And then at the end of it, he said, I want all the pastors to come down. I want to pray for all the pastors who are here today. And so we go down along with them, and he begins to start operating in this gift of, of the word of, of knowledge. And he looks at this couple. He doesn't know them. He doesn't, we, did, we didn't meet him before. He has no idea what's going on with them. But he looks at them, and he says, I think God maybe brought me here just for you too. And he begins to speak specifically, I mean in detail, spe speaking specifically to what situation they have gone through and the betrayal that they have faced, speaking to them, showing them, hey, God sees you. And then he begins to, from a word of wisdom, start, start calling stuff out of them, the stuff that they have laid down because of the hurt. He starts saying, hey, you need to pick that back up and you need to move ahead. Me and Sarah were, were there listening to this and I couldn't help but just like audibly go, wow. Like it was amazing. It was God at work speaking and, and, and letting them know, hey, I see you. What they did was wrong and I've got more for you. That's the sweet Holy Spirit that we serve. He wants to speak knowledge into your life. And then there's the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom has to do with what you do moving ahead. It gives you, it gives you insight in, in, in plans and strategies when maybe you don't know exactly what to do. Like I remember when we were moving to Oklahoma City, God put it on our heart to move here, to start a church. Uh, but we didn't know Oklahoma City. I, we, me and Sarah both grew up in Tulsa. And then we were living in Dallas at this time. But you know, I'd been through Oklahoma City to like go to an OU game or to go visit my grandparents who live out in West Texas driving from Tulsa. But, but we didn't know anybody here. 
We didn't know the city. We, we didn't know anything. And so when we feel like God is calling us to the city, we felt strong about that, but we didn't exactly know where. Like God was not giving us the details on that one yet. So we decided, okay, we're going to get a, some crew together. We're going to get some of our team that we had. We had a few people, David and Kaylee and Justin and Courtney and my parents. And we all got in cars and we drove up uh, from Dallas to kind of, you know, spend the day in Oklahoma City. And, and we were thinking, we're going to drive around and there's going to be some moment where it's like, oh, this is it. This is the place. So we went to Mustang and Guthrie and Norman and Moore because we're like, where do, where do we want to plant this church? And at the end of the day, there was no moment. We just went to Hideaway and ate pizza and drove back not knowing anything. And so a few days later, I was praying and I was kind of like, Lord, where, where do you want us to plant this church? And I felt like God spoke to me. He gave me a word of wisdom. And he said, hey, I want you to change your focus. Quit thinking about where you want to plant the church, and I want you to start focusing on where you want to plant your family. And when you figure out where to plant your family, that's where I want you to plant the church. And so it shifted our focus in, into not looking at where do we want this church to be to where do we want to live? What's the community that we want to be a part of? And then God led us to, to Edmond and doors begin to, to fly open. And it's, it's obviously it's what God in, was calling us to do is to start reaching this entire city here in Edmond. And, and so, but what I want you to know is we didn't gain that wisdom. Like we tried to gain that wisdom through natural means. It didn't work. When we really gained the wisdom is when, when the Holy Spirit spoke wisdom into our life. Now, maybe you're hearing this and you're going, well, that's great. But you know, you're talking a lot about pastors here and I'm not a pastor, you know, so I, maybe this is for special, unique people. I want you to know this is for each. This is for you. This isn't just for special elite groups. This is for all God wants to use you to speak words of, of wisdom and knowledge. He wants to speak to you and give you wisdom and knowledge so you know what to do. In fact, I've had people in our church, I've had uh, ladies in our church who've come up to me before who are stay-at-home moms who've come up and say, hey, I'd like to submit something. I was praying and I felt like God said this. Can I submit this to you? And they share words with me that gave me direction for the church. I remember one time uh, my son, Gus, when he was eight years old, we were, we were driving down the road and I had some stuff going on with the church. We were trying to get some vision for what we were going to do moving ahead. And I just didn't exactly know what to do. And we're driving down the road and my son, Gus is eight. He just speaks up in the back. He's like, Hey dad, I had a dream last night. And he starts telling me about this dream. And, and through this dream, God gave me, like I was able to interpret the dream as to what God was saying about the future of the church. Here's my point. God can use each. God wants to use you. This isn't for special elite people. This is for you. You're a child of God. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. You can be used. We're not, we're not just looking for the special person. You're the special person. We're not trying to find a fiery bush. You're the fiery bush. So tune into that spirit of God within you. Let him speak to you. These words of wisdom, words of knowledge. The third discerning gift is the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits. Am I helping you? The discerning of spirits is the ability to perceive quickly whether such things as people, events, or beliefs are from God or are demonic in origin. Something you need to understand, this is probably worth writing down. We are not living in a spiritually neutral environment. Like remember, you are a spirit being. God is a spirit. And at the core, you're, who you are in Christ Jesus is a born again spirit. And there is a spiritual realm. And it was from that spiritual realm that this realm we live in, this natural realm that we experience with our five senses, it was from that spiritual realm that this natural realm we live in was created. So I would argue that if that realm created this realm, that realm is more real than even what we're experiencing in this realm, right? 
And in that realm, listen, there's a kingdom of, of God, there's a kingdom of light, and there's a kingdom of darkness. And there are demonic, the Bible makes this clear, there's demonic spirits that are trying to influence things that bring about oppression and fear and want to get on you and want to get on your family and want to, to bring about devastation in your life. And so the Holy Spirit wants to help you to perceive and discern whether something that's going on in your life is, is just a circumstance or if it's actually demonic in its influence. The word discern means this, it's this word diacrisis. It means to see through. So the Holy Spirit wants to give you like this kind of like x-ray vision to be able to see into circumstances. Like when it comes to your kids, to be able to perceive like, you know what? I think this is more than just they're having a hard time at school. I think there's some oppression coming against my child right now. I think there's some influence trying to come against my child and to discern where that influence may be coming from so you can stand up in authority and rebuke it in Jesus' name. Maybe there's something going on in your, in your, in your job. You're a business owner and there's, some, there's something going on. You can't quite break through. The Holy Spirit wants you to discern what's going on. He wants you to discern if somebody's trying to steal from you, if a deal is, is bad and it's going to hurt you, or if it's, if it's something that is good. He wants to help you with that. When I was 10 years old, I was taking guitar lessons and uh, my parents came to me one day and they said, hey, we're going we're gonna to put a hold on the guitar lessons. Now, I'll be honest with you. I was not enjoying guitar lessons. So when they told me this, I was like, yes, amen. That, that bears witness. I think that's right. And uh, I can't play the guitar. So there you go. But they didn't give me all the details at the time, but they had been praying and they just, they had this sense that something wasn't right. Now the guy I was taking guitar lessons from was a guy that was in our church he was giving a lot of other boys and people in our church. In fact, it's all boys. He was giving them guitar lessons. And so I, I quit taking guitar lessons. Well, a couple of years later, uh, this guy gets arrested. And he gets thrown in prison. And it turns out he was a pedophile and a child pornographer. You say, how did your parents know that? They didn't know that, naturally. But the Spirit was able to help them to discern that there was something there. And I think about it, how, how devastating that could have been to my life. But I had parents who were in tune with the Spirit of God, listening to the voice of God, praying, filled with the Holy Spirit, who could discern, hey, something ain't right here, and were able to protect me, even though they didn't even exactly know. They were able to protect me and discern, this ain't right, and move me away from that. Listen, the Holy Spirit's your helper. He wants to help you. He wants to help you protect your kids. He wants to help you protect your business. He wants to help you protect your finances. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. You need to operate and walk in these spiritual gifts. So the discerning gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits. Here's the next group. They're the declarative gifts. These are vocal gifts. These are proclaiming gifts. That word declare, it's, it's a vocal gift. The first one is this. It's the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 10, to another prophecy. Prophecy, this is such a cool thing. It really is such a beautiful gift that we as children of God can be in tune with the voice of God to be able to speak to other children of God or to those who are away from God messages from God's heart to theirs. Like that is an amazing gift. It's a, it's a beautiful thing that God invites us to do. And, and wants us to operate in. But it is something that we need to be careful with and we need to, we need to be submitted in how we do this. Uh, because it's important that we get it right and some people don't. 
Let me, let me give you a definition of what this, what this is. Prophecy is a message of encouragement. If you're taking notes and you're writing that down, underline encouragement, circle encouragement, put stars around it, smiley faces by it, make that word stand out. It's a message of encouragement from God to a person. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, this is New Testament. It says, but he who prophesies speaks, look at this, edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edification, exhortation, comfort. What is that? That's, that's encouragement. Now, notice what it, it doesn't say. It doesn't say they speak judgment. They speak confusion. They speak stuff that make people walk away going, am I going to die? Like they don't do that. They're, they're putting, they're encouraging. What is encouragement? It means to put courage in. That, that's, the, that's the goal of, of prophecy in the New Testament. Now you say, well, what about all that stuff in the Bible where there's like these strong, pro well, that's Old Testament. In the Old Testament, because sin hadn't been judged, God couldn't speak to people directly. There was some strong statements that God had to make through prophetic words that came through judges and from different prophets. But now in the New Testament, listen, Jesus has paid the price. All sin has been judged through him. And so we're living in a different age. And in this age, prophecy is supposed to be for encouragement to other people. So let me give you some, some help related to, to prophecy. Because I want you to, this is a beautiful gift God wants us to operate in, but it needs to be done the right way. So let me give you a couple of ideas here behind prophecy. First of all, don't wait for the thus. First, first service got that a little bit better than you guys. Don't, don't wait for the thus. Okay, here's what that means. Maybe you've been in a service before and someone has stood up and said, thus saith the Lord. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not dogging that. But when, when the approach for me and, and given a prophecy, I, I just come to it a lot humbler than that. And I, I, my approach is, Lord, I submit this to this person. Like, I, I feel like God may be saying this. And one of the things I do is I follow up. Does that bear witness with you? Because I, I want to, like, I'm not rushing to give out prophetic words. Like, let me say a couple of things. Be humble when it comes to prophecy. You're speaking, you're saying that you're speaking for the Lord. So be humble and don't get in a hurry. You don't have to hurry through this. Slow down and pray and, 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 and really make sure before you just start giving out words, because I, I've seen it before where people in a rush to give out a word, give out a word that, that sparks confusion and fear. God's not the author of confusion. I've had counseling sessions where people are bound by fear because they received a prophetic word that, that where someone just vomited some concept on them that made them go, I think I'm going to die, right? That's not encouraging. Are you with me? So wait for the thus and, and or don't wait for the thus. Be patient, like go slow. Don't, don't, and it doesn't always have to be like this grand moment. You know, a lot of times when I get a prophetic word for someone, it's just an impression, like I'm reading my Bible and I read a verse and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I think I start thinking about a person based on that verse. And so I'll reach out to him. Hey, I was reading this verse and just wanted to submit this to you. And, and I think that maybe God is saying this. Does that bear witness with you? And what that does is it, it, it allows God to speak through it and allows them to come back and give me some feedback. Are you with me? Because if we don't, if there's no checks and balances, it can be hurtful and it can get weird. Let me also say this, when it comes to prophetic words, start under your umbrella of influence. One of the great places to operate in, in the gift of prophecy is within your own home. For a couple of reasons. One is it's the people in your home that will tell you, yeah, I don't think that's from God, the best. 
but also because you have an umbrella of influence, God will use you to speak life into your family. One of the things that we do every year as we're getting ready to go into the school year with our kids is Sarah and I get away and we pray over our children and we ask God, we ask God to give us words for them and he always does. And so then we go to our kids and we say, hey, I think these are the things we feel like God is saying to to you in this school year. And we'll, we'll write all that down. We'll pray with them. We'll pray over it and we'll give it to them. And it's amazing how often God will give us a word and it becomes like this rallying point for them. And there's a circumstance that they may face in the school year. And we go, Hey, remember what God said? Yeah. And it, it brings them back. It anchors them to the truth and to the, the, and it shows them, Hey, God sees you and he knows exactly what you're facing right now. And he, he loves you and he wants to help you with this. So here's, here's my point. I want you to desire this. I want you to go after this, but I want you to do it from a humble place. If, if you feel like you got a word for somebody and it feels like it could be discouraging, don't share it. You say, well, Pastor Josh, what if I'm praying and I, I feel like I've got a warning, you know, for somebody? Here's what you do with that. Pray over it. Pray through it. Before you just go up to them and say, hey, um, I was thinking about you and I feel like maybe God's saying that you know, the world's going to come crashing down around you. <laughs> All right, see ya. And they're going, uh, what? That wasn't encouraging. And let me just, uh, and listen, I'm saying all the, I'm, I know I'm spending some time on this, but it's a big deal to me. I want this to operate in our church, but I also don't want this to be done the wrong way. So you have permission to, if someone gives you a word and you say, that did not put courage in, that did not exhort me to look at them in the eyes and say, I don't think that was from the Lord. Yeah. And you know what that'll do? That'll help them stay in check. Because yeah. something, I, and I don't think people's hearts are wrong, but when you, you do this and someone says, yeah, I don't think that's right. It causes you to go, okay, I need to check that. Yeah. You tracking with me? Yeah. We want you to operate in this, but we want it to be done the right way. And listen, you can all do it. Look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 31. For you all, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and that all may be, here it is again, encouraged. That's the purpose. Edification, exhortation, comfort. We want to put courage in. That's the first declarative gift. Here's the next two. Different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Tongues. I got seven minutes left and that ain't enough time. So we're going to put a pause on this one. We're going to talk about this next week. I, don't, I, I can't get into all of this with you today, but I want to get into it with you because it's so important. And I, I want to read you one thing from the Bible. 1 Corinthians uh, 14, verse 5. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, which, remember, all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed, right? So this is, this is Paul writing on behalf of God. So really, because it's God's Word, this is God speaking. He says this, I wish you all spoke with tongues. And I want you to know as your pastor, I wish you all spoke with tongues. You say, Pastor Josh, why? I'll tell you next week. Come back. All right. Here's the next three gifts. I got to hurry. Three dynamic gifts here are faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles. The Holy Spirit wants to enable you, gift you with faith, a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. This is, this is more than just your measure of faith that you have or you kind of stirring up your faith and your, and, and your belief in God. This is a supernatural impartation of faith to help you fulfill what God is calling you to fulfill. 
It, 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 again, I go back to when, me, when we moved here to plant New Song Church. We were moving from Oklahoma, or we were moving from Dallas to Oklahoma City. I had a great job. I was a part of a, 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 this massive, influential church, Gateway Church in Dallas. Had a great job there, had a great salary there, had a great home, had lots of friends there. Like we loved it there. But there was something in us that was calling us out of that and into this, this thing that God wanted to do. And so we, we were willing to lay down a lot of what we knew in the natural to, to follow in faith what God wanted us to do. And there was this supernatural faith we had that God was gonna take care of us. In the midst of what we didn't know, we knew God was with us and we had so much faith rise up in us. And that's what God wants to do with you. There's gonna be situations and circumstances where maybe you get some bad news and all of a sudden this faith rises up in you that says, you know what? We're gonna be okay. And you can lead your family through that because God empowers you with faith because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. He's able to empower you to, to help you walk ahead in, God, in what God wants you to do. This is, this is a gift that I operate in a lot as a pastor here. That God, there's just a faith that I have sometimes and, and God has it on me so that my team can catch it. We were, we were talking just the other day about when we found this building. And some of our guys were saying, like, when I first walked in here, I walked into this place and, you know, this was a warehouse and then there was a wall and then there was a call center over there. And I remember walking in that day and being like, oh my gosh, this is it. And I could just see it and all this faith rose up in me. And, but the guys, they didn't tell me this until just recently. They were all walking around going, I guess this could work. They, they had, but, but they were willing to follow me and see the faith in me gave them faith for what God could do. And, and listen, just so you know, that, that new building over there, the same, same vibes, guys. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be amazing. But there's a supernatural impartation of faith that God wants to give you to walk ahead and to keep pursuing Him and to keep believing in Him no matter what you're facing. The next dynamic gift is gifts of healings. Gifts of healings. Supernatural enablements given to a believer to minister various kinds of healings and restoration to individuals through the power of the Holy Spirit. When you look at the life of Jesus, you see Jesus healing a lot of people, right? And the way he healed people was different. Sometimes there was occasions where the people, the Bible makes it clear, the people were, 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 had this faith and were willing to pursue him and reach out and touch him or be lowered through a roof. Like we see this faith and, and Jesus specifically spoke into those situations. Your faith has made you whole or your faith, I see your faith, the group of the, those people that brought the, the, that lame man through the roof to Jesus. There's also occasions where you see Jesus talking to somebody and kind of ministering to them and through his, his language is able to kind of build faith in them to receive. But then there's also occasions where Jesus just heals people and it doesn't even get into faith. And so here, here's my point in all this. Listen, there's no formula for this. It, we don't always understand exactly how it works, but we know this. And here's what we have to believe, that God is a healer, that he's still in the healing business. You say, oh, Pastor Josh, that hasn't been my experience. I've prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. Yeah, I have too. But that doesn't change the fact that I, don't, I, I still believe that he's a healer. I don't know all the circumstances. I don't know why that person didn't get healed. I'm probably not gonna know on this side of heaven. But that doesn't change the fact that I believe that God is a healer, that Jesus is a healer. Yeah. Psalms 103 says this. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his Benefits. God doesn't want you to forget the benefits that come with being a child of God. What are they? Number, verse three, he who, who forgives all your iniquities. Iniquities is sins. So how many of you in here believe that Jesus Christ can forgive all your sins? If that's you, lift up your hand. Okay, now look at that very next verse. Who heals 
all your diseases, all your diseases. You say, Pastor Josh, that's not my experience. Okay, but do you believe that he can forgive all your sins? Yes. So why not believe that he can heal all your diseases? I'm going to believe it and I'm going to keep believing it. And my circumstances aren't going to shape my faith. God is going to shape my faith. Jesus is going to shape my faith. And I would rather believe and pray for a hundred people and see one person be healed than say, I don't believe in it and quit praying for people and no one gets healed. I'm going to be a vessel through which God's going to work in this world. And I'm going to keep believing in faith. Here's the third dynamic gift. It's the working of miracles. The working of miracles. This is divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. With this gift, God provides the ability to demonstrate the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit and confirm the superiority of the reign of the kingdom of God over spiritual darkness and even natural law. This is, this is God showing up and doing something that only God could do. This is God showing up and showing out. Like this is more than like, God, I need a miracle. I'm at Walmart and I need a good parking spot. Like it's more than that. That's not a miracle. That might be favor, but it ain't a miracle. <laughs> this is like, God does something dynamic, something amazing. Again, I remember when we moved here to Oklahoma City, we moved here and part of moving here meant we were trusting God to do some miracles. Like I did not have a job, people. We were moving here and we had a little money in our savings, but we knew, God, you're gonna have to show up. You're gonna have to do something. You're gonna have to make a way. One of, one of the first miracles was we moved here. I don't have a job and we got a home loan. Like the bank gave us a loan for a home and I didn't have a job. But because we had sold all those houses, we had a bunch of down payment, which helped. But God was able to show us favor there. But beyond that, there was a couple of people that came up to me in that first year of the church. Uh, there was, there was that, that came up and said, hey, God's put it on our heart to help you. And I never asked them for money. I never reached out to them and requested money from them. But God put it on their heart. One of them was a guy I talked to in person one time, one time. I texted him a few times, but only in person talked to this dude one time. And he said, I'm, I'm, I wanna help you. And you're like, oh, that's cool, that's great. He gave me a check for $30,000. That's a miracle. Another guy that I, I knew, I knew him a little bit better, but again, I never requested money. He gave me a check for $50,000. $80,000 from two people. Guys, that's a miracle. Some of you are like, I can get on board with that miracle, right? <laughs> well, listen, I ain't going there. Okay, slow down, slow down. I'm not doing that. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> but what I want you to see is God, God's a miracle working God, that he would put it on someone's heart that I don't even hardly know to give us 30,000. Like that's a miracle, people. God is amazing. And he's still at work. He's still in the miracle business. And I say this too, this is important. This is a part of our story, part of my story. And maybe you've heard it, but it bears repeating. When my parents were uh, first getting started in their life, they wanted to have kids and they were, they were doing everything that they knew to do to have children, but they weren't having children. Catch my drift? If not, you need to be in children's ministry. <laughs> and not because we talk about that in children's ministry. <laughs> Anyway, um, but they weren't, they wanted to have a baby and they weren't having a baby. My mom went to the doctor eventually and the doctor told her, you have endometriosis. 
and you'll never have children. He told her, you'll never have children. And he said, you actually need to have a hysterectomy. And so my mom took that word and she went home and she was in her Bible one day and she came across this verse that says, he makes the barren woman to be a joyful mother of children. And so she had two words and she chose to put her faith in the word of God. And I, and I say this, and, and to those of you who've gone through this process, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm just telling you my story. My mom never took medicine. She never got any shots. She was told she'll never have children. And she got pregnant and she had a baby girl. And then four years later, she had me. And so just so you know, like if you want to come to me and say, I don't believe God is still in the miracle working business, I, I live to prove you wrong. And I, I, I kind of hold the Trump card on this. I exist. I don't mean anything by that Trump statement, by the way. But th listen, this is, this is the sweet Holy Spirit that we can partner with. He loves you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. That's why he died for you, made a way for you. But he didn't just leave you in this world to go, hey, good luck. No, he, he gave you a helper. And the helper is not just to walk alongside you and kind of tell you when you're doing wrong. He wants to empower you to bring life into this world, the life of God into this world, that people through your life would experience the love of God, that people through your life would see the image of Jesus through your life, and that people would, would experience the kingdom of God and his kingdom rule and reign on earth as it is in heaven through these spiritual gifts on display through your life. One last verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Love should be your guide. Another translation says, love should be the highest goal. Now look at the very next sentence. Be eager to have the gifts that come from the Holy Spirit, especially the gift of prophecy. Why? Because love is the highest goal. And when these gifts are on display through your life, it points people to the source of love, which is God. God is not just a, a loving God. He is love himself. And when these gifts are working in your life and you're using them and you're, you're manifesting this stuff through the Holy Spirit through your life, people see God. Having spiritual gifts in, under, in operation in your life, understand this, it's not about you just being better than everyone else, you being able to go, oh, I, I operate in the gift of prophecy. No, no, no. It's not you're better than everyone else, it's that you're better for everyone else. It's that God can use you to serve others so that you can, like Jesus, what, Jesus was functioning in these gifts. And what did he do? He served like no one else. That's what God wants you to do through these gifts. I love this quote by Jack Hafer. Jesus gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, yet when the Spirit comes, he's loaded with packages. He desires to release much more in us and through us than we could ever imagine. These gifts are given for delivery, not for accumulation. It's not just so you can hoard the gifts. It's so you can use the gifts. We receive them to pass them on. In other words, the Holy Spirit, the gift, gives you the gift and you give the gift away so that people see and get to experience God. Spiritual gifts are not to lift us up. They're to help us to lower ourselves down in the service of others. One last quote. Tony Evans says this. One has only to look at the anemic nature of so many of our churches today, coupled with the reality that, most that in most places, 10% of the people are doing 90% of the work. Now that's not true in New Song, but it's true in a lot of churches. To understand what happens when spiritual gifts are not working properly. The church's impact upon its membership, as well as the community it should be serving, is stunted. Instead of being salt and light in the world, the church becomes satisfied functioning as a weekly Bible study with a few songs mixed in. 
Absolutely nothing can replace the power, influence, and impact of a church that's fulfilling God's kingdom agenda through the operation of the gifts of the body. Why? Because that's how the Spirit manifests Himself. And when the Spirit manifests Himself, powerful things happen. When the Spirit manifests Himself, powerful things happen in your life, in your church, in your home, with your kids, that you need the gifts of the Spirit in operation. The world needs you to be functioning with the gifts of the Spirit in operation. So how do you, how do you get them? Here's how you get them. You desire them and you ask for them. You desire spiritual gifts. I, this week, as I was at that conference and this guy speaks these prophetic words, I couldn't help but walk away from that going, man, I want more of that. And I hope that as I'm talking about this today, you're going, man, I want that. I want to be able to speak into my kids like that. I want to be able to speak into my spouse like that. I want to be able to speak into the community like that. I want to be a church where God's using me to bring healing and miracles and and people can see that this God we serve is good, that that we would change the atmosphere and the culture in our city from where is your God to who is this King of glory? Who is this God that's doing these amazing things through this house, through this group of believers? That's what we're after. That's what we're after. So we have the gift and he keeps giving gifts. So invite him in, invite him in. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you in this message? Maybe as you've heard this today, you're going, man, I want that. I want that. Well, here's what I'm encouraging you to do. Right there where you're sitting, just just let the Holy Spirit know. Let, Let Jesus know, God, I want this. I want to operate in these gifts. I want to see these gifts in operation in my life. Desire, I have a desire for this and I want it. I want to, I want to do this. Just, just right there under your breath. Just let the Lord know. God, I pray as people in this room desire these spiritual gifts, not so we're just better than who we are currently, but so we can be better for the world around us. God, I pray that you are a good giver, that you withhold no good thing from those who ask. And so Lord, as they ask right now, I pray that you would just begin to spark in them a willingness and a desire and an ability to operate and function in these gifts. Lord, I pray that this week they'll experience moments where they're like, man, that was the gift of the Holy Spirit in operation in their life, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for filling us afresh and anew today with a fresh and filling, Lord. With with this gift that we receive of the Holy Spirit comes the gifts. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I wanna go ahead and invite our altar ministry team to come down at this time. If you're here, today and you have a prayer need of some kind, we would love to pray with you. We would love to join our faith with you for whatever it is that you're believing God for. We say at New Song Church, if it matters to you, it matters to God. And so if there's something that is kind of weighing heavy on your heart, maybe there's a prayer need that you have, maybe there's just, you need, you need healing in your body, whatever it may be, don't leave today with any kind of burden. I believe God wants to minister to you. And I actually really feel like God wants to minister some wisdom to some people today. I believe that there's gonna be some, maybe some prayers that are prayed that give you direction and give you wisdom through some of this. So, so be open to that. If you're needing wisdom, come down and pray. Ask for wisdom from the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me, church? We're gonna go back into a time of worship. But at this time, if you have a prayer need of any kind, don't leave today with a prayer burden. Leave it here at the altar. Go ahead and make your way down as we worship the Lord. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. I pray if there's anyone in this room that has a prayer need of any kind, that you would help them to step out, help faith rise up in them, to step out and receive all that you have for them today. Thanks again for listening. 
For more information on our church or for more resources to help you grow in your faith, go to newsongpeople.com or download our app by searching for New Song Church OKC in the App Store.